Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Around the Shabbos Table. We are a project of the Intentional Jew Podcast Network. Go check us out on intentionaljew.com. I am Aaron Wogelernter, and I'm here with my co-host today, Rabbi Wogelernter, a.k.a. The Father. Not necessarily with him. I am traveling. I'm in the U.S. currently, away from my home, away from my from our wonderful uh, studio and library and the ability to sit with my father and have real around the Shabbos tables. But the beauty of it is that we have Zoom and the beauty is that we are able to bring you this wonderful program and this wonderful um, experiment, project, program, I don't know what we call it, uh, to you even though we're so far away from each other. And that's really a beautiful thing. We have to be thankful for the fact that we're able to do this and you not have to take off whole summer, but to be able to, to do this with each other. We were able to, Baruch Hashem, we were able to learn today. We were able to, to do the podcast. It's really an amazing thing. The, the, what a Kodesh Baruch has created in this world. It's all Bar Lechvaydeh. You know, we just we just learned that mission of Pekiyavas. It's the end of uh, of Pekiyavas. We just made a seum cheap commercial. We just made an, a seum on the end of Pekiyavas, which was the most beautiful thing. I was going to mention uh, that as well. I think it's a mind. It's 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 important to speak to um, the kvios of the people who came to the to the class oh and gosh. the the commitment that they had. So you could you could uh, unpack that for a minute. I'll I'll unpack that. We started this thing during Corona. We started with a couple of guys. Many of those guys didn't. You know, whatever, the lives got back to, back together, they went back to work and didn't continue, but it picked up this crowd of people. And uh, and it was amazing. Every single day, they were there on time, you know, waiting, learning, involved, engaged, sending messages after class. It was just, it was really an amazing thing. And, and together, we plowed through Pirkei Avos in a year, a little over a year, and we just made a seum, and we made a live seum. We got together at the Bagel Most Holy, and, uh, <laughs> and, we, and and they set it up for us outside, and it was like it was like amazing. But this this it, is the first it, time you ever even met some of these some of these people. Were I, I had never I, many of them never met each other, and they never met me. They never met mommy because mommy's only on every day with you know Shashi's iPhone. So it was so exciting. Like the level of excitement was just off the charts, and and people were just so happy to be there and happy to learn. And and we the last the last Mishnah was Kol everything God creates created for, for his honor. And the Kasha on that of course is really like, you know, everything God's creating is, is so that he can get covered. No, it's so that we can recognize the covered Shemaim, that we can that we can recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we recognize God. And in in Zoom, it is it is so clear to see the covered Shemaim that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us the wisdom to be able to create this so that his name could be increased in this world. That just 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 look at how much Torah is being being learned here, being disseminated here, how it's being possible to continue to learn in such a sophisticated way without actually being uh, having to be in the same country as a, as another person. Right, really person. opens up the world and not that all learning and all Torah learning and all classes and all classrooms and work has to now transition onto Zoom, but that it has the ability to. 
and that you can, and that a group of people can get together. And for the year and a half where it was impossible, they can really make plow their way through a very important safer, but also plow the like the cues of getting getting to a class every day at nine o'clock. And they can do that. They can walk away from the year and a half and say, "This is what I had because of the technology we have." It's really we're. I said this in the beginning of of you know, the Corona days of March, 2020, I said that we're about to enter in to a new era of life. Doesn't mean that all life is now takes place on computers and not live. There's nothing like recording this podcast live with you. There's nothing like having a guest in the office. There's not, there's nothing like it. There's nothing compares to it, but But it's a good second that it gives us the ability to do this is is unbelievable that two years ago you never would have thought that we last year when we wasn't it wasn't so much a part of our lives we separated for the summer and we didn't learn and and today we started baruch hashem we started learning and you know you, you don't have to you don't have to break from your chamusa you can keep going it's just a whole thing that the, the i'm still giving shurim in Mahoya. I, I was able to teach high school this past year on Zoom, I mean, just the, uh, the 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 opportunity that it gives us is so incredible. Quite completely, yeah, it's really amazing. So the cheap commercial is that we just started Mishlei. Up on the YouTube channel will be um, the second shear is going to go up um, in a little while, and there will be two Mishlei shurim up. The introduction to Mishlei, and then the first six pesukim, which we're going to take us a bunch of days to learn. Um, each each share on that Michelin share is really its its own independent piece, and it's not a um, it's not even Pirkeavis was its own independent. If you want to go back and listen to those, right. you may you can as well. Um, they're still up there, and it's important. But these Michelin ones are specifically like they're each one is a piece of wisdom, amusing on its own. Any day that I I'm continuing on from the day before, I amply review the day before so that it's. You have a you have a you know a, a good understanding of what what went on to be able to then understand the next step that we take next. So once we're talking about the channel, I, I think also it's Kedai, and it's worth it just to to point that to point out that any any listeners, um, first of all, please subscribe to the channel. We're just about at at three hundred people, and that's very exciting for us. And uh, three hundred subscribers, and each subscriber counts, and each person helps us um, get this out to more people. So so if you can. It's really just a free, that red button, just press it. It's super easy. Um, subscribe. And uh, and also, if you do enjoy the Mishle, let us know with a thumbs up, a like, and um, a comment. If you leave a comment on the intro to, to Mishle video, leave a comment on how you would best consume this um, this content or this this sheer, and if you are interested in consuming and having it, um, what's the best way for you to get it? The options are, you know, YouTube, um, email. We can email you the file. We can put it up only on audio, only onto a podcast. There's m- multiple ways we can get this um, to you. The question is how you would listen. And if you if you just comment, just your name, just say YouTube. Would love to watch this. Would love the audio only version. Would love the sheer version. And we can get that to you. Um, that would be that would be very helpful to us to, to let us know how we can best uh, get you these these important shirim. So for for today, what I wanted to do is 
last Shabbos we had some really awesome guests who are from Dallas, Texas, and they always have lots of people at their house. And I t- and I asked them the the around the Shabbos table question. You know, what do you do around your Shabbos table to make sure that people stay engaged? You have so many different types of people. They sometimes have have Jews, have non Jews. They they have like a whole mix of people at their table. So what do you do? So she told me that they do this this topics topic cards, and they pick a topic and they go around the table, and everybody you know has to say and answer basically questions or something like that. So we um, so we asked them. So what you know? What's your favorite topic? What's your favorite thing? And they said, give us your tell us your favorite quote. So we went around the table here also, and we all talked about our, our favorite quotes, which I realized that I'm not, I don't live by quotes. I'm not such a quote guy. And it made me rethink the quotes that I do, you know, that I should have stored in my head. And I thought it'd be a fun exercise for you and I also to go through and just talk about um, what are your favorite, what are your favorite quotes? So we'll do well, you know, I have four, you have four, and we'll go, we'll, we'll shoot back at each other, and we'll really, un- we'll try to unpack them, too, because there's a lot, there's a lot into each quote, why a person finds a quote uh, meaningful and important to them. So, uh, so I'm, I'm pushing it off to you. I want you to start with, you know, quote, and, and again, these could be Jewish, not Jewish. It's, it's something important. I think the idea also with a quote is that it's not necessarily the concept of the quote, that's that's a novelty and that's like blows your mind but it's the packaging and it's the way you take that concept and put it into a into a string of words that's um that's the most important and that's what stays in your head so it doesn't matter really who says it it's the fact that um it's this string of words and this phrase that sticks in your mind right so for me i also don't live by quotes but when i teach and when i learn so then i I very often go back to quotes as concepts and um, th- you know, the, and they're concepts that I live by. Th- four is is a little hard to reduce everything to four. But no, I, I wouldn't say it's the four. It. It's the four of your life. It's just you know four four that you appreciate. And right, if we so need like, to switch it I, I, and do a, do another f- couple episodes on this to get your whole life in there, we can do that as well. Right. But right. So, but I, I grabbed four of them. And as I just grabbed in my mind, like you say the word quote, what comes to my mind, and. Uh, so, so in no in no particular order. So hit me with your top one, and then and then I'll go, and we'll go back and forth. Well, my top one that that I that I come back to all the time is it's actually top two. The, the, they they compete with each other, but I'll give you the the, the one A. Um, the one A is Adam Nifelkipulasov. That a person is shaped according to his actions, and that the way that you behave is the way that you become. And if you want to be a certain thing, then you have to act a certain way. I, I once heard, you know, the, the, I once heard a thing from Rebbechen um, Zweig that he he told this incredible Misa. He said that he was um, he went to yeshiva. And there were a couple of guys that went to yeshiva with him, and then they went to law school. In yeshiva, he was very matzliach. Rebbechen Zweig, right? He's a you know a, a goddle. And he had these other guys with him who were not so much there. When they got to law school, these two guys excelled. Excelled. And he couldn't understand, like, what, 
it's the same part of your brain that, that, that excels in learning that can excel in law school. And what was it about learning that they didn't, that, that they didn't have? And what was it about law school that was so incredible to them? So he says, one day he walks into a library. And in the library, he sees that they're, they're hovering over something. So he looks over and he sees they're hovering over a magazine. And it's a legal magazine. And it's, it's got a lot of advertisements for lawyers about furniture in the, in the law firm, clothes that a lawyer wears, appurtenances, briefcases, umbrellas, like all the, all the kind of stuff. And they were so excited about it. And he said he chapped. He says because they identified with being lawyers. And because they identified with being lawyers, so they were able to excel in it. Because it became a part of who they were. When you, when you look at something and you identify with that, so then that becomes a part and a parcel of who you are. You identify with Baalei Hasadim. You identify with people that do Hasadim. You become that kind of person. You identify with it. You connect to it. You shape yourself. You model yourself after it. You, and you are shaped by the way that you behave. If you identify with people that are snarky, people that have, that have attitudes, so then you become that kind of person. It's impossible to listen to a person who's cynical and, and say, oh, you know, that's terrible, and just keep saying, oh, it's terrible, but laugh, like, laugh crazy when a person says cynical things for you not to become a cynical person. Because when you're around it, you, some part of you is identifying with it, especially if you're laughing at it and you're accepting it, some part of you is, is identifying with it. And when you identify with something, that's what it becomes. Identifying alone is, uh, it's interesting what you're saying, that identifying alone is an action. That's kifi pu'ulo sav. I would think that in, in, the, in the mushal is if you bought the umbrella, you bought the office stuff, and you, you, you really dress the part is usually the way we go, right? If you dress the part of a lawyer, then you know, you, you, you'll, you're on your way to becoming but you're you're saying a chidosh here. You're saying you're saying something new. You're saying that even just identifying as a bal chasad is adam nifal kifi pulosav. Because that then becomes your pulos. That becomes your actions. It becomes it becomes the things you do. But that's a prerequisite. Meaning prerequisites you have to identify. Otherwise, you run. The, otherwise, what happens is like every mitzvah. <laughs> every mitzvah that doesn't affect us. Because you're you're disconnected from it, you're just doing doing an action. That's what prison can dive in their entire lives and never feel that they ever spoke to God. They've davened, but they've never spoken to God because they don't identify with it. When you identify with it, then then you, that shapes you. So you're adding a step, though, and and I know you do this, and that's why it's interesting. But it's because uh, I always learn that a man is is shaped by his actions. And then his actions shape his mind. And you're saying his mind shape his actions, and then his actions shape his mind. I think that it, it all has to be connected. Because it's not always enough just to do something. You have to identify with it also. It's definitely not enough just to do something. And, and in terms of, you know, less abstract, in terms of mitzvos, there's no, there's no um, mandate to just do mitzvos. It's do mitzvos in order to get closer to God, in order to feel spirituality into in order to feel godliness in this world that's 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 what doing mitzvahs it's not just do mitzvahs it's do mitzvahs right. to achieve something 
What you're saying is you need to identify with that achievement. You need to identify that you are a chelak alokami ma, let's say, that you are a piece of heaven, you're a piece of God. Then do mitzvos accordingly. Your mitzvos will then take shape based on that. And then you'll feel connected to God. That's interesting. Right. That's the way, that's why I understand it. Okay, I like that. I don't, yeah, as a quote, it's it's definitely um, an important one. Adam nifal kifi pulosav, that... Yeah, your actions are super important. You know, I'll just do it once and, and it's not a big deal is another thing we do. And no, it but is a big deal. You're shaped by that. It has it has an effect on you. It has less of an effect the less you identify with it, but nevertheless, the more you do it, the more you identify with it. Okay. So I'm okay, yeah, so mine so now I'll go to mine. My my favorite is not my favorite, but again. Uh, one that comes to mind is marriage is the base medrash of Midos. The marriage is a study hall for and the place where you learn um, all about your Midos and about your character traits. And that was by Rav Moshe Weinberger, um, the Rav of Eish Kodesh. And I thought I think that that's it's super true for me that Midos is uh, uh, marriage is where I learn the most about myself. It's where I learn. Am I really chilled? Am I really an angry person? Am I really a kapdan? Am I somebody who's super makbed and super um, tight on things? Or am I somebody who can don the kafschus? Well, marriage is definitely the place where I realize I can't don the kafschus. But um, <laughs> where I have no idea how to. But um, marriage is the base measure. It's the place we learn. I would, even, I would even unpack that a little bit further. Ma- marriage is the place that we learn. How to consider how to how to actually put another person before ourselves, right? Because that's that's how you develop those mitos is by looking at the other person and saying their feelings are much more important than my feelings. And and there's always a conflict in that, and and that's and that's where you really you really become that kind of person, a person that you don't have to go home with, right? You just see during the day, so you can. You, you can skirt around them. And you don't really have to put them first when you just stay away from any kind of conflict, but really you're first. But a person that you're living with all the time, you can't do that to. And you really do have to put them first. And you have to learn how to put them first in order to be able to be kind to them, in order to be chilled, in order to be able to dan their who they are and, and what they mean is, is you know, that's, prim, that's premier. Right, and living by this concept that this is a... This is almost like a, a a gym, a gym for my for my midos. Helps me get through because living with it, it's not that my wife is you know pushes me and she's a really hard chavrusa. That's not that's if anything she makes my life a lot easier. But um, no matter what, I think the absolute nature of the of the quote is so true. Marriage, you could be married to a tzaddik or a tzaddikas, a very righteous person. And marriage is still the base measure for Midos. You could be married to, like the Gemara says, a story of, of Rebchia, I think, that his, his wife used to right. treat him crazy and used to make him crazy and throw things on him and, and treat him like and an... a presence. So no matter what who your spouse is, the absolute nature of the quote is so true. Marriage is the base measure for Midos, and you're always going to have to, to work on yourself. And having that concept um, for me in my marriage is always is always helpful because... This is a gym. This is a place where I'm learning. I'm studying. I'm learning about myself. I'm learning about my spouse. This is, 
Um, everything counts, you know, every, every rep and every, every time you're able to, to bite your, bite your tongue a little bit and, and do something for somebody else, like what you're saying, then that's, um, that's a win. That's a win on our end. So. Marriage is a very wonderful thing. Yeah. What was that? <laughs> that's from some, some kids movie. Uh, the, uh, but, but do you think it's that way for your entire life? I don't know. <laughs> so I don't. I don't think so. I think that eventually, what happens is, is that you you start to you start to see the other person, you start to see your spouse, and yourself. I mean, if if the marriage is working, you start to see yourself um, coming coming closer to to who each other are, and that the and that the differences become less. And they become less stark. That's interesting so with time that, because you you see. <sighs> so then you're saying that when when marriages break later on in life, it's because they never had that approach where they never were working on themselves. They were never they were never working on themselves or the marriage. They were just they were just trying to stay alive, not to get into too many fights, not to get into, into too many in too many altercations. So really, ultimately, skirting each other in issues, as opposed to learning how the other person deals with an issue, how you deal with an issue, and then finding that that comfortable place in the middle, of where you can each, with your own with your own way, come together on it. You know, we always talk about this concept of marriage of of ava of, of love, and of respect, and love is where we come together with each other. You know, we, we have common things. We have things that we believe in together, things that we enjoy together. But respect comes from the places where we're totally different from each other. And that we have the ability to recognize you process differently than me. You see the world differently than me. And it's not that mine is the right way and I'm interested in yours. It's that there is a right way in yours also. And, and, I'm, and I'm incredibly interested in understanding another perspective and another way of seeing it. And then the two of us together will come out with a way of, of how we're going to, to navigate through. Because after all, I mean, we, we have to choose one, one way or the other or, or meld the two together and do something with it. And that's the, that's the concept of covered. Covered is the differences that exist between us. But I respect them as opposed to are annoyed by them and feel that they're just holding me back from what I want to accomplish. Right. Okay. Okay. So you hit me with another one. So I'll tell you another one, which is which you know we spoke about a little bit, which is really one of you know it's, it's my my second favorite or my first favorite, you know minus one, but it is, um, Nothing stands before a person's will, and what's so incredibly fascinating about it is that it's not a mamer chazal. Everybody quotes it as it says. You know, but, but it's not true. There is no, there is no such mamer chazal. Rabbi Bulman, once told me that that he once told me that he was playing with me a little bit. He was saying, you know, where does it say that? And I'm thinking, oh, it must be a medrash. Yeah, and he's laughing at me. It's nowhere. It's it, it, the sentiment is real, but the actual quote doesn't exist. Right, you have the, the sentiment, sentiment by Moshe Rabbeinu, right, by putting up the. Um... 
by the putting Mishkan. up the, the Mishkan that he, he wanted to do it and it was considered right. as if he did it even though the Rebbe Hashem uh, was making it with him. So Right, we find it by best power also. Right. Fatih Shechassam right, that she, that she sent out a maidservant or the other interpretation of Tisha Chatzamasa that she sent a hand out, um, you know, 15 amas or whatever it is to be able to, to get the baby. And that and that there is where we speak about the concept. I think Chaim speaks about it. Um, he speaks about it there, that, there that, that when a person wills something to happen, it can happen. Now, to what degree? I don't really care. Words, what can you do that's impossible with just Ratzon? I don't care. It doesn't matter. But can you do things that are impossible with Ratzon? Absolutely. And, and, that's, and that's the thing that a person has to have. You have to dream. You have to dream. You have to believe in yourself. You have to believe that the thing that you want to accomplish is really something important. Because then you'll be able to, to do it. How far you're going to do it, it doesn't, again, it doesn't matter. But, but you're, going to, you're going to do it and you're going to succeed at something. It's, and, and it appears in so many different ways. Lower Lacham Lachaligmar. Right, you don't have to finish things; you just have to get them started. Right? But you have to to get them started means you have to dream about it. You have to will it. You have to want it to be. A lot of times, a person says, "You know, I need to do something," but there's not, it doesn't really have a rutsum. Doesn't have it doesn't have a drive pushing them. And the aim There's nothing when a person has a drive, so then they'll they'll accomplish things. Right. Well, Volby says, very interesting in Ali Shore. He says. What a person wants is what he does, and what he does is what he really wants. That's so beautiful. it's like a similar, but but there you see it more. Is what you end up doing is a, is a giloy and shows what you really wanted the whole time. Because if you didn't really want it, you never would have done it. Like, maybe you don't want. Now, I always think that maybe you don't want the thing itself, but there is something there that you really want. If a person eats a piece of pizza, it means he really wanted the piece of pizza. Maybe he wanted the pizza. Maybe he wanted the freedom of being able to eat whatever he wanted. Maybe he wanted... Um, maybe he wanted to eat. Maybe he wanted to eat, right? But it doesn't mean the pizza, but it means there was a raton there that willed him because you can't do anything without raton. If you don't have raton, you don't have, you don't have mice, you don't have actions, so... Right, if you have no, if no ratzon, then you just sit on the couch all day. But even that's a ratzon, right? That's what Revolve is saying. Right? A ratzon to do nothing, right. A, a ratzon to not do anything, or a ratzon to, to not do anything else, and to do this, maybe even. Right. But but any kind of proactive ratzon that you have, then then nothing can really stop you other than you. Other than you. Right. Because if you, if you don't do something that you want to do, the reason you're not doing it is because you're not spending enough time figuring it out and really committing yourself to it. It's the it, it really it 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 borders on my other favorite thing, which is um, the concept of atzlus and any quote that has to do with atzlus, because the way I understand atzlus is that uh, it's not merely just you know sitting back and, and wanting you know just just not wanting to do anything, but atzlus is not understanding how important something is. And in essence, what that means is having no drive. You have no drive, no ambition. You know things need to get done, but you don't really feel, you can't translate that knowledge that they need to get done to that feeling of, I really want to do this. And that's, you know, when Shalom Malach describes the person sitting by a field and the field is broken and, uh, you know, and, and he can't, and, and, and he, he knows that the, the fence is broken, he knows his animals are running out, 
He knows he's got problems, but he just can't translate into getting up and fixing the fence. Because he can't he can't get that that rut zone going. It's it's a knowledge, but it's not a rut zone. He doesn't have a desire to do it. Because he can't translate the knowledge that, that he's in a lot of trouble to actually wanting to to fix them. So Ratzon and Atlas are on two two sides of the coin for you. Yeah, they're 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 definitely connected to me. What, Atlas what is, is not the action of not doing anything. Atlas is the opposite of Ratzon, of will. Ratzon. Person can be busy all day long. Gansato can be running around up and down and up and down and up and down, sweating, schwitzing. You look at them and you say, Oh my god, it's the busiest person I know. And the person is doing absolutely nothing. Kid comes home to school. Teacher gives them a book report. So the book report is three pages. The front cover is one page. The book report, he has to report about the book. So he says, okay, mommy, I'm going upstairs. I'm going to go do my book report. Comes down four hours later. Okay, wow, amazing. You finished the book report? No. What have you been doing? The cover. And he shows you the, the front page. It is gorgeous. It is amazing. Mommy's like Picasso. It is a work of art. But he didn't do the report. But he was so busy for all those hours. He used every single color in the crayon box. He did, he, he mamish made, it was amazing. But he didn't do anything. That's answers. Because the thing that he needed to do, he had put no, he put no energy into that. The thing that he didn't need to do, the thing that was tougher, he didn't have to do the, the thing that was extra credit. He didn't have to do it. That's such a beautiful color. You know, again, initially it says that, the, and I don't have to worry about this because this is not going to come for another 20 chapters, but a, um, a, a, a person says, who's a lazy person? The person says, there's a lion in the road. No, think about that very carefully. If there really is a lion in the road, that person's, and the person said, I can't go out of my house because there's a lion in the road. Right? So if there's really a lion in the road and the person doesn't go out of the house, they're not lazy, they're smart. And if the there is a line in the road, there is no line in the road, and the person says he can't go outside because there's a line in the road, then he's not lazy, he's hallucinating. <laughs> he's, he's, he's fantasizing. So why are we calling that atzos? Because what is a person with ruts on? The person wants to go and accomplish X. And he sees Mamish a line in the road. So what does he do? He figures out a way to get a helicopter to take him out of his house, fly over the, the, the lion, and to go do something else, and to accomplish what he needs to accomplish. The Ish Atza looks at it and he says, oh, I can't go. And inside he's really saying, yes. Oh, thank God. Like when my father would wake me up to go to shul. And you know, he'd say, it looks like it's going to rain. Yeah, God. That's <laughs> to walk two and a half miles. Oh, great, it's raining. Right? That's an Ish Atza. Because you can't get your, you can't, you don't really have a rot zone to do something. But when you have a rot zone to do something, it's raining. My father never, ever, ever didn't go to shul because of the weather. And which meant I didn't go to shul. I never not went to shul because of the weather. Because if it was raining, so you put on a coat, you put on a, you put on something else, right? You figured out how to, my father used to call it run between the raindrops. What, whatever it is, if you have a rutsen to be there, then you then you figure out a way to make that rutsen work. But an ish also, a lazy person, doesn't have a rutsen. Proof is that he didn't accomplish what he wanted to accomplish. Because if he if he had a rutsen, then ain't over Omid between that Russell. Nothing, nothing can get in your way if you have a Russell. Right. Okay. Tag, you're it. Okay. This one is from, and you thought you were going to get away without this, but 
from Dr. Jordan Peterson. I was just going to say, let me guess. Yeah. He says, yeah. if you fulfill your obligations every day, you don't need to worry about the future. If you fulfill your obligations every day, you don't need to worry about the future. What is... Because if you're doing what you need to do today, tomorrow will work out. <clears throat> and I think on so many levels, tomorrow is tomorrow is what you've created today. And I think that that's both in this world, meaning both on a very practical level, what we're talking about here, about what's going to be in 10 years. I'm so afraid I'm not going to have Parnassah. I'm so afraid that I'm so afraid is if you're doing the mitzvot and you're doing the things that are charged with you, charged on you today, then tomorrow will come and you'll do tomorrow. And tomorrow and the future will come as, and you'll be ready to be doing, you'll already be doing the things you need to be doing. But I think also in a, in a bigger picture as well, I'm not so... I'm not so um, worried about what's going to happen in Olam Haba. Because I know that Chazal teach me that Olam Haba, the world to come, is a product, a byproduct of what I've done here. So if I do what I need to do here, Mishatarach Be'erev Shabbos, Yochal B'Shabbos. Somebody who works hard before Shabbos, he, he, he gets to get the, um, the fruits of his labor on Shabbos. And the mashal is in Olam Haba, in the world to come. He gets what he worked hard for here. If you fulfill your obligations today, you don't need to be worried about tomorrow. And I think that even on a bigger level, which um, maybe Dr. Peterson thought of, maybe not, and possibly not, but you can take that quote, that concept, which is true, and and use it there as well, because it's 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 so well with me that it, um, on a very practical level, sometimes I I let myself during davening, maybe even maybe even not daven in the optimal way. Because I'm worried about tomorrow. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do a business deal. I'm going to take a meeting. I'm going to do something during learning and during the things during mitzvos and, and not do the mitzvos I need to do today because I want to set, I want to, I want to be a loyal worker. I want to do something good and I want, um, for the future, but I can't let the future, um, obstruct what I have to do today. And if I do today and if I keep my mitzvos today, and I am a mime and I believe in God today, and I do the things that express that relationship with God today, then God will take care of me tomorrow because I'm doing what I need to do. That, 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 that one sits well with me. That's beautiful. Okay, I'll tell you my last one. It's my third one. It's my last one. The, it's, it's, a, it's a silly quote I saw somewhere, but it's, it's packed. The city of happiness is in the state of mind. It, it, there's so much there. First of all, attitude, attitude, attitude. If you look at things in a positive way, you're happy with the things that are happening. So then you're living in happiness. You're, you're appreciative of everything. You're appreciative of the things that you have. You're appreciative of the things you do, of the opportunities that you've been given. So then you're a happy person. And to find that happiness, it's all about the state of mind. It's all about the way you look at things, the way you process things. 
You can see things negative. You can see things positive. You have that choice. And therefore, living in happiness is really totally in the way you process the world. And it, it's not, you know, we think it's like something very deep. Oh, it's very deep. And we can give big lectures about how to achieve happiness and, you know, state of happiness. At the end of the day, it's in the state of mind. How you think. If, you're, if you look at things and say, well, I'm the luckiest person in the world, you're a happy person. And if you look at it and you say, but this was off and this was off and this was off, then you're going to be miserable. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I like that also. There's just the, the phrase itself, the city, the city of happiness is in the state of mind. State of mind. The greater than the thing you're looking for is the, the state, the thing that whole, houses that whole thing is in the state of mind. I mean, is the mind. The Maragnum, when they went into their soul, they had a negative state of mind. State of mind, right. They put themselves in a negative state of mind, and by definition, they were living in a city of unhappiness. And this is we can go through, you can go through every story in, in the history of the Jews and in your own life, that every time you're miserable about something, it was all about the perspective that you had. And if you would change your perspective, suddenly it would look very different. And so it's a very important thing. I was once showing a class that I had half a class on one side, half a class on the other side. It's just the way they were sitting. So I took a book and a bottle, and I put them next to each other. And I asked this side of the room, what do you see? And they said, we see the book in front of the bottle. And I said, what do you see? And they said, we see the bottle in front of the book. So I said, which one of you is right? Is the bottle in front of the book? Is the book in front of the bottle? said, if you ask me, they're next to each other. Because I'm standing face, face on between the book and the bottle. It's all a matter of perspective. The book is not in front of the bottle. The bottle is not in front of the book. The book and the bottle are equally placed. But how you look at it is going to define what the reality is. If you have this perspective, it's going to look this way. From this perspective, it's going to look that way. That's that whole thing about, you've heard me say this a lot about the 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 circle dance for the tzaddikim. Not dance. only do I hear you say it, I quote you on it. Yeah, it's because it's, so, it's gorgeous that they're all going to stand around the Kodesh Baruch Hu, and they're gonna, it's going to be like the freakiest moment. They're going to realize that they could have had a total, even the tzaddikim, they could have had an incredibly different life because they, they, were, they were focused on their relationship with the Kodesh Baruch Hu, and they were successful in that relationship. But what they get to see in Shamayim is is that everybody holds hands, all the tzaddikim holds hands, and they start to dance around the Kodesh Baruch Hu. When you dance, you're moving into another person in front of you. You're moving into their place. And when you move into their place, you look and you see a Kodesh Baruch Hu, and it's the same a Kodesh Baruch Hu, just a different perspective. And then you go around that circle and just keep seeing them from so many different angles, and you realize how incredibly, you know, how, how, how incredibly rich it is to be able to see it from other perspectives. And when you just change your perspective... So then you, you change you, you change everything. You change your reality. Tov. Chad, you're it. Okay, so I'll, I'll finish off with this one. Um, also from, from, well, my second, my, 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 I'll give my last two, but um, it's not really a quote, but the concept, but it's put into a word of nechbadus, which we spoke about on the pod before. From Reb Chaim. But nachbados of of treating yourself like the person you want to be, 
um, which is similar to your first, but when you present yourself and you treat yourself the way you want to be, then, then, um, you act that way. And then you're, you fill those shoes. Um, in, in short is the concept of nechbadus, but that was, that's an important one to me. And then my last, I, I won't share my, my other perspective on that. You can go back to the other, to the other podcast. Yeah. Right, right, right. We can go back to that. Um, you could find it. It's also on the YouTube channel. Nachbadus. I think it's even called that. Um, and then my last is from Jordan Peterson is when you have something to say, silence is a lie. And I think that that can be taken on a few levels also, but I like it that. Hmm. Did, I, did I understand it correctly? When you have something to say, silence is a lie. No. Wait, you're you're arguing with the validity of the statement. Okay, go for it. You unpack it, and then I'll I'll tell you what I feel. Um, I think there's two levels to it, but I think that if you have something to say, let's say you're in a relationship and you want to tell somebody that they hurt you or that they did something wrong, unless unless you can change that beginning part of the statement into you have nothing to say, then being quiet is not truthful. Because if you have something to say to somebody else and you bite your lip and you hold it in and it's just being bottled up, then you're not telling the truth to the person because when they're asking you, how are you doing? And you say, fine, that is a lie. It's not true. You're not fine with them. You have something to say. Now, maybe... If you're going to call it a lie... Sometimes it's muttered to lie to keep peace. How do I look at this dress? Like Shamu. <laughs> you you going to say that? Wait, but that... No, so I, so me, not that Not that this is like Torah Misina, it has to be true, but it's silence. There you can't be silent. But if somebody asks you, how do I look? Then saying, then saying nothing is not true. You might not have to say how they really look, but first of all, I do think you do have to say how they look. I don't. I don't get that joke in general. I don't. I don't understand that joke. Is that if you have a relationship with somebody and ask you, "How do I look?" and you think they look horrible, you have to find the right way to tell them they look horrible. You're a re, you're you're an insane person if you lie. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I won't. We're generalizing, but I don't. I won't always agree with them. Okay. People deserve so to know to the truth. Silence. I hear the math community. Let's go to silence for a second. Sometimes, even though you might be valid saying something, the Torah tells us, you have to tell the person that they're bothering you. Right? That's the whole, the whole program there. Don't hold them inside. Don't take revenge. Don't bear a grudge. Tell them they're bothering you. And in the end, that will allow you to be able to come to the place of, of, the, of, of Ava. That's the run of psukim there. Beautiful. Okay, but sometimes is when you need to. But if you can accomplish what you need to accomplish without saying a word of being silent, how are you? Fine. I don't need, this is so trivial, I don't need to bring it up. Then, then that, is, that is the smarter thing to do. Right. We say things when we have no choice to say them. You know, there is a guy who is making me nuts. 
he just started sitting in my seat. Another guy, not that, not, not, not that other kid. Another guy just started to come around, and and he started to sit in my seat, and he and and he puts his pals and pillow in your seat. Take one seat, man. And you see me walking. You and and he saw me there a few days because on Shabbos he tried to get there before I got there into that seat. So. So he, he, you know, you see that I'm sitting there. Okay, fine. You, you want to sit there? Not a problem. But leave the other seat open so that somebody could sit there. He puts his towels and throws there. I'm saying to myself this morning, I'm just going to walk over to the guy very nicely, mamish nicely, and I'm going to say to him, you know, would it be okay for you to put your towels and throw on the table? And I said to myself, I don't know the guy. I don't know how he's going to react. I don't know how he's going to going to look at things. Why would I bother? Why would I bother? Suck it up. It doesn't. It, like it doesn't make a difference. You don't have to agree with me. You know, no, I think get to know the guy. I think get to know the guy, but ultimately have... I, I've I've done this before where I've had something to say to somebody. I've gotten to know them and only months, maybe years later, right? actually Correct. told them that thing. Correct. But you made a blanket statement, which is always that you, if you have something to say, say it. And that's not necessarily true. Oh, does, okay. I think there's... I, I agree with you. I, I agree with you. I, I, I do agree with you. I do think... That if you have something to say, there is a way to always say it. A way in a time, and it might not be for another couple of years. Good, good. But there is a way to say it. It's not the answer is always just suck it up. You can suck it up in order to say it later. Or or to, to, to be able to grow past it. Well, okay. Realize when you wake up tomorrow morning and you realize it's not really important. It's not really important. I don't need to, I don't, I don't need to, you know, to... to I don't need to make a battle out of this. It's not. It's not the hill I want to die on. And silence. Sometimes, sometimes swallowing things, but swallowing things and then moving past them. You can't swallow them and bottle them up. I agree with you when you said that. You can't bottle them up. Bottling them up, it don't mean they explode later. But but you can you can swallow them and then let them die. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm 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 taking away the absolute validity of that statement. Where it's silence is a lie, uh, I, I I agree with you. Silence is a very important thing, and sometimes you Just do need to. Yeah. What? You were a little emphatic on that one. Yeah. Okay. Um, very good. Okay, so I hope you um I hope you guys enjoyed that, and uh, you can always you can always put down in the comments on the YouTube video what's what's your favorite quotes. You know, I'm sure we missed something, but shoot shoot them. You know, this is a great exercise to do at your Shabbos table. Ask people what their favorite quote is. Right, and come back to us. Also, does anybody does anybody have a quote from from you, from AKA the Father? I would love to know if anybody has a quote that they live by um, from you that they could put in the comments. That'd be pretty fun too. All right, thank you very much, and uh, pass the challenge. One day we'll get to a place where you can pass the challenge through Zoom too. <laughs>